0: Welcome to the Kindness Podcast. I'm Nicole Phillips. What can we learn about kindness from a fundraising expert? A lot if that expert is Patrick Kirby. He's organized $10,000 cure walks and $1 million galas. Patrick is the author of Fundraise Awesomer and teaches the power of appreciation and kindness through his consulting firm, Do Good Better. All right. So, I am trying to figure out if fundraising and kindness have a connection, Patrick, and it feels like it feels like I'm I'm constantly asking people for something. Mm-hmm. And and so that feels like, you know, when you're doing fundraising or you're asking people to book you for speaking engagements or whatever you're asking, it feels like the opposite of kindness. And yet, how do you see it?
1: I see it as the ultimate expression of kindness and for a couple of reasons. And so it, go, and it goes both ways, right? From a donor to an organization and back. Yep. And and the reason I feel like this is obviously from the don uh, from a donor's perspective, if you give some money Uh, Of course, that's a kind act or whatever, right? That you're doing a gift of kindness or you're giving of yourself time, treasure or talent, whatever the case may be. And organizations realize that what I also think, though, is organizations who figure out and connect a donor's love and passion and allow them the ability to give to something they totally believe in is a very extremely kind gesture. Cause we're all, we all wanna do amazing and good things, right? Yeah. But like, how do you, do, you don't even really, you don't really know, right? You wanna do good, but you don't really know where and how. And so the act of a nonprofit curating the way that they can translate a physical like dollar bill into extreme joy, I think is extreme kindness.
0: Okay, I'm totally with you on that. I have this this special podcast machine, and it's supposed to be able to do applause. Let's see. Yeah. No, that's not the <laughs> applause button. Hold on. That is I'm how. Bringing that,
1: by the way, I'm going to bring that everywhere I go, because that's <laughs> that's the best self-esteem rising thing I've ever heard. There's also like
0: crickets. <laughs> oh.
1: Yes. And that's, that's for when I need humbling. I like this.
0: (laughs) It's perfect. But you know what? You just, you just made actual sense in words out of, out of my thoughts. And, you know, because I do feel like, um, there, there's nothing that makes me feel better than to be able to love on somebody else, to help somebody else, to be able to fill a need.
1: Yes, and you know what? It's funny that that is, by nature, I think we're all attuned to trying to do good and want that feeling, right? And I think sometimes we can get backwards on a feeling of guilt for feeling so great about doing good stuff, right? So I, I, there's this, um, um, we're, we're attuned and we're, we're created to do good, and be, and doing good makes us feel great, and so it's selfish in the best sort of way to do as much good as possible to make yourself feel as good as you are doing. And there's, and there's no you know drugs or alcohol or any sort of vice out of it. It's just passing on good to others, doing kind work makes you feel awesome.
0: Mm-hmm. It sure does. It sure does. But now we're going to have people listening to the Kindness Podcast today who mm-hmm. are the perpetual askers they feel like they are always asking and whether that is you know the the president of the PTA who's constantly asking for volunteers to do something or someone like you who's made a career mm-hmm. out of asking people for you know 6 7 figures yeah so um for that person who who is weary of trying to connect the dots for kindness Mm -hmm. What have you got?
1: It's, you know, I've always, I've probably directly asked people for money maybe a dozen times in 15 years.
0: What? I thought that was your job. Wait a minute.
1: Well, here's the, see, the irony is we ask people for money, but it's more of an invitation. Would you consider making a gift or what does, um, would you consider supporting this organization? And they say yes. Yes right? You're just not asking, you're inviting them to do good and help. Rarely do people get into a situation of, I need you to give me this. And, and that invitation now, you're bonded together, right? You're not sitting across the table from each other. You're sitting next to them. You're showing them the, the path that your gift is going to make and change lives in this direction. And I think we, we think about it as transactional rather than transformative. And I think that's where people who are constantly asking people are getting, they they get into trouble in their own brains is they're, I need this money now, right? I need it now. And I need this for our organization rather than what does the donor need? And how can I build the relationship so that they feel really good? And now you're you're making them feel great, which is an act of kindness. You're not putting the pressure on them to give you money, which is an act of kindness. And you're showing them a path that's going to help more people, which is and which is an act of kindness. And you're never doing it as an I need this or you get we're, we need this now. It's would you consider yourself a you know a, you are a generous person? We know this. Would you consider joining us on this cause? Join us. Don't give us money and we'll take care of it. Join us and be a part of the solution. And that, I think, is a really wonderful gift of kindness that I think people in the donation or the the fundraising world can really get behind. Mm
0: -hmm. What about people who are in sales, Patrick, and they are really believing in the product that they're selling, Mm -hmm. um, but again, sometimes it feels like quotas. And How can they do what they do with more kindness?
1: Boy, I, I think that fundraising and sales are almost identical. I really do. And, and I think it's really about providing a solution in that, in that way, where if they, if a person trusts you as a person, like if, if a client trusts you as a person, they're going to trust whatever product that you have to sell. I, I think we get in so we're obsessed with the idea of money. We're so worried about it that it comes off as salesy. Mm-hmm. And when you think about it as this world is a, a, is abundant and there's money everywhere and there's people who have, who want to to have your products or your services and you just need to find out what pain point you're solving, which again, I think is an act of kindness. You're reducing stress for somebody. Our product, my sale, my thing that I'm selling you is going to make you a happier person because you're not going to have to worry about this, this or this. And again, bringing them along side by side and just saying, what can I do to help? What value can you bring to them? Even if it doesn't result in a sale, because they're going to pass on to other people about how well you treated them and about how enthusiastic and positive you were, even if it didn't result in a sale. And I, I, and I think I, I talk about this all the time, is third-party endorsement is exponentially more important than first-party solicitation, right? You are paid to sell this product. The person who's talking awesome about you because you treated them well, and you treated them as a person rather than a customer or a transaction, is going to tell other people about how amazing you were and how amazing you made them feel And that person's going to sell whatever you're selling for them. I mean, it's just this is this recurring theme of figure out how you can give the most value, regardless of it it ends up in a sale immediately because it's going to end in a better relationship down the road. And that long term thinking is so much more beneficial for your own health and well-being, for goodness sake.
0: Okay, but what about what's the state of our heart need to be in the midst of those conversations so that we don't come off sounding just cheesy or like this is some facade? Yeah.
1: No, you know, what? I think it's authentic. I, I, I genuinely think that if you're authentically mm. enthusiastic and kind to people, it, it won't sound cheesy. I, 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 was, um, I was chastised once for using the term, I would love you to donate or I would love you to consider a gift in a, in a solicitation letter. And I said, but I genuinely would love them to do that like that sounds like our organization, it sounds like me, um, I'm going to use it. And I, and I think if you're not the huggy, feely, touchy person, right? And if you are less um, that sort of particular way, anything that you do that is authentically and um, uh, genuinely caring about the relationship or ho- however you, you, you define it or however you want to go about it, doing it, I think that's not a cheesy at all. I really don't, and I and I think we. I think honestly, the world can use a little more cheese. To be honest, I, I, you know, I, it's everything is so black and white, and, and it's just no right. There's always a right and a wrong. There's no middle, and I think cheesy is just the nice little way of being a little better to people.
0: Yeah, well, I would agree with that, and and I love like even you know your website, do good better consulting, or the name of your book, fundraise awesomer. Like that, that's just that's just fun. Like that's yeah. not that's not harsh. Okay. But I do, I do want to talk about the harsh because I feel like you have probably, I'm guessing, maybe not run into difficult people in your life. And so let's pretend that we're not fundraisers or we're not in sales. We are just People, But we want to take the same tactics that you use in fundraising Mm -hmm. and the same authenticity, but you're bumping up as a a person in your real life against somebody who's just a jerk. They're just hard to get along with. So how do you get that through? How can we be kind in those situations?
1: I I think you have to understand that it's not you that these people are mean, mad, or just genuinely uh, icky people. They're just there's something internally with them. It's not has nothing to do with you. You Uh you are a a wonderful person has wonderful traits etc. The mean people the, the 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 bosses or the or the the folks who just treat you horribly. There's something else going on there, and it's not you. And I think people will try and change in order to get them to to be liked by a, by a mean person or try to change who they are. And I don't think you can do that. I think you can just go about your business because that that's just the type of people they are. If, if, uh, if their hearts are going to change, if they're going to go through this, you know, they're going through some troubled times, be, offer them, you know, Hey, is everything okay? Can I help you with anything? Um, <laughs> really it's, it's it's on them. And I feel like deviating from your genuine, an authentic positivity and enthusiasm for just getting up and doing whatever you love doing. Uh, I, I don't say ignore it, but just it, it's hard and it's hard for the water off the back kind of thing. And you have to have kind of a tougher skin for that. But I, I really don't think it's you. I think it's them to be honest.
0: Okay. Don't take it personally. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Now I'm super excited to have you on today because you are going to give a gift right now. Ooh. I hope so at least to everyone. Yeah. Yes, and that is um, clarity of schedule, which creates clarity of mind. I don't care what business you are in. I was reading <laughs> Fundraise Awesomer, and I thought, oh, if yeah. the whole world or me specifically could just do these five things
1: mm-hmm. five
0: days a week, then then that would that would just clear up my brain. And so I want that for everyone else. So can yes. you give those five things to everyone so they can all clear up their brains too?
1: I, yes, very much so. So I, I wrote this book because one of the main things that people ask me all the time in fundraising is, I just, I don't have enough time to do any of this, right? I, priorities are never priorities. I'm always bothered with other duties as assigned, and then things kind of fall down the list. And then fundraising, as, as, as I wrote the book, would, kind of takes a backseat, seat. And I found exactly kind of like you said, where this applies to business and sales and and relationships and whatever. I mean, it's kind of a catch all. And the idea is to do one thing a day every day of the week just to carve out a small amount of time that gets bigger and bigger as you learn how to do this um, to move the needle forward, whether it's in business and relationships and fundraising, et cetera. So Mondays are for planning. Tuesdays are for doing Wednesdays are for documenting, Thursdays are for celebrating, and Fridays are for appreciating. And if you do those things in that order, your life is going to be a lot more clear. And, and, and let me give you an example. So on Monday, you just want to kind of make sure that you know that all hell's going to break loose at some point in time <laughs> during the week, right? You just want to make sure that you just, what is the thing you have to get done? And, and, and in the nonprofit world, you have to meet with these donors, and you got to do that, right? So plan on that. Tuesdays are for doing if if one of the things that I think the nonprofit world and people in business or or in general are just afraid to take that first step because they don't have all the answers and it's oh. Okay, But you got to go out and do this. This uh, uh, paralysis by analysis, this thing that you, you hear constantly is true. If you don't go and ask, you don't go and sell and you don't go and just do something that you had intended on doing, you'll never know what happens. And once you meet with these people, you've got a bunch of things rattling around in your brain all these amazing insights or, or or stories that you learned. And you got to get that down on paper because one of the things that we pretend we have is this superpower to remember everything we already learned. <laughs> and that's not necessarily true, even though we think it is. And so jotting everything down on paper or wherever you put notes to remind yourself on what things were important to that person that you had a conversation with. And then Thursdays are for celebrating where you you just want to take some time out to cheerlead yourself. It's not bragging. It's just showcasing what amazing things that you do. And I think we got to get over this idea that, you know, celebrating a win is um, throwing it in somebody else's face. No, it's not. Donors especially want to be um, a part of winning teams and they don't know if you're winning if you don't tell them about it. And then finally, you end the week with appreciation and you write your if you do nothing else from this podcast, you take one thing away. It is at the end of every week, write five thank you notes. Five. That's it. If you do nothing else for the week, write five thank you notes. Over the course of a year, it's like 260 handwritten thank you notes that you could send to people within your network or your organization or your job. Um, And you can get random acts of appreciation. Just send random text messages to people just saying how much they mean to you. Because by the time Monday comes around again and you're planning to meet with some of these people, they're opening up these wonderful um, thank you notes that have nothing to do with business, but actually personal relationships. And they open it up and say, wow, what a nice thing to say. And then you're going to call them and say, Hey, we'd love to schedule a coffee meeting with you. And then the last thing remember is this wonderful note you sent. it's 20 minutes a day. It's 20 minutes to do all of that. It's really, really easy. And I, and I love it as a system because it just gives you, like you said, clarity on five days of your week. Yep. And that's pretty cool.
0: Yep. And I especially, of course, love the Friday appreciation because I feel like, um, you know, when we sit down and really think about what we appreciate someone that someone has done for us Mm -hmm. um, in any segment of our life, I feel like that is our uh, we can we can almost taste the gratitude. You know, it is right there in our face and we have all those feel good chemicals flowing. And so we give ourselves that gift as well when we sit down and write those
1: exactly yes. and 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 what a more kind thing to do than reach out and just say thank you with no with no expectation of anything in return. Yep. It's this unconditional gratitude that I think people are very much missing. And and to differentiate yourself back to the business side of this too, to differentiate yourself from everybody else is: Are you sending random notes of appreciation to people who you have no business connections to, like a leader who makes a good decision, or um, somebody who takes a who wins a, a football game, or who a coach who loses but loses gracefully? Saying thanks for your leadership or thanks for your um, hard work or I mean, you're the person that just becomes the the king or queen of gratitude. And that's yeah. a wonderful thing to be known for. And that again, that kind of sounds foo-foo-y if you want to take it in that sort of way. And who cares? Because right? you're awesome. And Cheesy that's the, and, and that's foo-foo-foo-y. a really cool thing to do.
0: We're talking about cheesiness and foo foo today.
1: Yeah, I love it. Good. <laughs> I Thank have you.
0: I have loved talking with you before I let you go. I, I need to know I got to put you on the spot one more time. Yes. Is there one act of kindness uh, that you either did or received in your life that just has hung on?
1: One of the one of the most kind things that um, anyone has ever done. There's a there's a number of people who did it was take time out of their busy schedules um, to listen and give me advice as I sort of started my, my business. They didn't have to, they were, you know, they were sort of very important and I think so very important business leaders and people who said, yeah, I'd love to give you the time. And I know that seems like a really weird act that I remember all the time. I just celebrated my second, my two years in business. and I've been reflecting a lot on this lately, which is like, how did I get here? How did I take a leap? And it was just those individuals who took, who were kind enough to give me their time and say, you got this, do it, and you've got a support system that's going to be there by your side too. And, and, and those random small things that you probably don't see as um, purposeful or meaningful to you are very meaningful to everybody else. And that is such an important thing to sort of share of your time and, and, and just thought process and perspective. And it was just wonderful.
0: Yeah. Well, and I feel like, Not everybody is starting a business, but you know, I, I need help cooking, (laughs) you know, Uh, people need help with different things. And, and, and everyone listening has an area of expertise, whether they're admitting it or not, they do. So true. Yeah. And so we can always share those things.
1: Yeah.
0: Patrick, thank you so much for talking with me today. What a blast. And um,
1: so fun. Thank you so much for asking me. This was awesome.
0: Yeah. You just, you just stay awesome. Okay. You too. All right. (laughs) Thanks, Patrick. Bye-bye.
1: Thank you. Bye.
0: That was a conversation with Patrick Kirby, author of Fundraise Awesomer and owner of Do Good Better Consulting. Find him all over social media at Fundraising Dad. Thanks for listening to The Kindness Podcast. It's produced by WOUB Public Media and relies heavily on the kindness of engineer Adam Rich. I'm Nicole Phillips. We hope you'll subscribe to The Kindness Podcast wherever you listen and find us on social media at Kindness Podcast. If you like the show, please spread some kindness in the review section.